Prosopagnosia, the inability to recognize faces, occurs in up to 2% of the population. Most people struggle with it alone, unaware it even has a name. The stories in this podcast can be painful and hilarious. Join us for an exploration of the people, science, and realities of this condition. Maybe you have a hard time remembering faces. Come for the stories, stay for the coping techniques. Our guest today is a headhunter for Ayers Rock Resort in Australia's Northern Territory. He's a jack of all trades and apparently master of many. Philip Neho, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. Really appreciate it. So, Phil, this is kind of a first. Uh, most of the people that I've met um, with face blindness have been either through Reddit or uh, mostly Facebook. But I found you on LinkedIn. I mm-hmm. one day just typed in uh, prosopagnosia uh, or face bl- face blindness in LinkedIn and an article popped up from you from this year, uh, yep. putting it out there for everyone to hear about. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's something obviously you know I, I've known about for a, a while now, but I think I wanted to you know, expose it or, or share it with with my network, mainly because I'd I'd had a few people that I'd uh, I'd, I'd had meetings with, and I'd you know either shaken the wrong hand or, or introduced myself again to people, which uh, I suppose is a fairly fairly regular occurrence for me. Uh, so I really wanted to just just put it out there to my network to say, hey. Um, this this is what I have, and this is this is actually a thing. I'm not um, I'm not just trying to be a, a, a douche and a, and ignore you on the street, as it were. Ayers Rock, uh, yes, now known as uh, Uluru, if I'm pronouncing that right, is yep. pretty famous worldwide. In fact, you know, I knew I'd heard of it before, but I did go look it up uh, online. This is uh, like a, a very large rock formation in the dead center of Australia, what what we all know from Crocodile Dundee is the Outback, right? Um, Correct. How did you end up there? And can you tell us a little bit about it for those who, are, who, who aren't familiar with it? Yeah, I understand. I, I suppose for me, um, initially I was, I was uh, from, I'm initially from and then I moved to Australia in 2003, and uh, lived in lived in Brisbane uh, for for most of the time. And I've I've actually been out here. Um, oh goodness, coming up coming up just over a, a month now, um, and and absolutely loving it. I I came across this role and and applied for it for a number of reasons. One was to experience a whole new part of Australia, uh, you know, really experience the what is, is almost a, a traditional heart, heartland of, of Australia, um, you know, experience Uluru and, and Katajuda in, in their, uh, you know, in their magnificence but also there's a there is a huge indigenous um influence out here um we have a a training organization where we hire indigenous trainees to train them in uh, hospitality retail and and horticulture and i'm i'm quite interested in and being involved in a lot more of that indigenous uh recruitment side of things um i growing up in new zealand um you know being of of maori heritage it was it 
you know, I grew up with a, a fairly close access to to Maori culture, um, and it's sort of it's part of our our our. You know, our being in, in New Zealand where you know, everyone uses Māori words and everyone grows up knowing at least one Māori song. So coming over here was is quite a contrast to to that where uh, you know the indigenous identity is is, is probably you know, it's it's very different. There's um it's it's quite far removed from everyday day life. So I wanted to experience a lot more of that and and sort of compare similarities to what I grew up with and differences to what I grew up with and 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 really gain an understanding and, and if I can begin educating people um, you know it, it, it's, a, it's a small step in the right direction so that, that was one of the one of the big reasons to come out here but as soon as you, you sort of drive around and, and, and go over a, a certain bend driving out here you see um, Uluru in the distance and it's um, yeah it's it's absolutely humbling and, and, and awesome how it's just a great, like a magnificent um, piece of natural landscape. Everything around it is flat, correct? <clears throat> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So it's it's kind of flat as, as far as the eye can see. And then there's this gigantic red monolith that um that rises out of the out of the earth so it's uh, you know, it's been here for you know hundreds of thousands of years and you know it's quite magnificent and it is uh it does have a spiritual component right for the aboriginals it used to be a destination for tourists to come and climb right and so those days Correct. are over right Correct. Yeah. So climbing, climbing of uh, of Uluru was uh, was knocked on the head last year. Um, obviously, I think uh, the the influx of of people picked up during that time. But uh, it's you know it's it's no longer allowed. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it is it, it should be respected as such. You know, I, I grew up and with uh, with a, a culture of respect to to traditional. Um, landowners and, and the like. So, um, yeah, it's not something I would have ever have done. And, I mean, at the end of the day, just standing at the bottom of it and looking up is, is like I mentioned earlier, it's it's absolutely humbling and, and quite um, quite awesome. Let, let's talk just a little bit about uh, the career that you're in now. So your, your day job is recruiting, yep. right? Mainly. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm I'm in the HR team, and I, uh, so r- right now my role is manager of recruitment. So I look after Ears Rock Resort, which which covers uh, six hotels, um, a, a number of retail um, outlets, uh, like a, a Shell petrol station, um, a number of bars and restaurants, and a, an airport. So I I oversee or manage the the. Team Team that uh, that does all the recruitment for for all of those various moving parts of of Ears Rock Resort. I saw that you were um, on LinkedIn hunting for uh, chefs in particular. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Chefs is a is a pretty big thing. Uh, obviously, we have um, uh, a number of number of hotels that that we cook for, etc. But uh, you know, some of that some of it is also around um, ex- experiences. So we have a, a thing called. Uh, field of Lights, uh, which is essentially a, a large field with uh, with a, an art installation of, of lights. Um, and we also have uh, a Sound of Silence where essentially you, you go out there and um, you have a, it's, it's outdoor dining, like out, 
uh, where you can actually see Uluru while you're eating dinner, and it's it is an amazing experience. So you know we have we, we're we're chasing chefs for for those sorts of things. So we'd love to offer that sort of experience more often, uh, but at the moment we're sort of uh, limited to to how many times a week we can run it. Yeah, well. I, I've always had Australia on my bucket list. Um, never have come, but I have two real strong reasons now. One is the sausage queen of Australia, Chrissy Flanagan, past guest on this show. Uh, she's close by, about 30 hours away from you in Sydney. And um, uh, I can recommend that uh, if you ever want to try a sausage dish, she's face blind, so you have something in common. You should reach out to nice. her. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Um, so let's go back to New Zealand then, uh, as a child, Yep. I think I read that you grew up like I did in a, you know, in a smaller town. So maybe the face blindness wasn't quite so pronounced then, uh, is that about right? No. Yeah, that's right. And I, th- I think for me, uh, probably the biggest thing that, that I've realized over the years now is that it's amazing how much context can can help, uh, you know, like especially in a small town growing up. You know, you, you see you see five guys that you've always seen together. You know who they are, um, and, and then basically, you know, they're all high, different heights and sizes and stuff like that. So I was able to put names to um, to people in, in that that manner. Um, as I got older, uh, it, it just changed a little bit. You know, there'll be a, a tall guy and a short guy at a pub. I know that that is Steve and Joel. Um, you know, if I see, you know, a six foot two redhead with a, a five foot three blonde person, I, I know that that's, you know, Janine and Tan sort of thing. So <clears throat> it's, it's, it's amazing how context can, can help out there. But um, yeah, even then I still made, made a few mistakes and I just assumed I was Terrible. I was. I'm just terrible with faces. Um, there's there's one guy in our town that I've introduced myself to him. Oh, I think it's coming up eight times now. Uh, I, I think he he finds it hilarious and and doesn't correct me. Um, so he's he's just sort of along for the ride now. I think he's looking forward to 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 number nine. So yeah. So uh, what was the transition like to uh, I suppose a, a big city? Right. That's usually when it becomes apparent in your case. Yeah, hundred percent. So moving moving to uh, to Brisbane, which is it's essentially, um, you know, going from a, a town of twelve thousand um, to or an area of twelve thousand to, you know, over over a million uh, in Brisbane, and um, it it was it was quite quite difficult. You know, there was lots of times where I was. I'd, Introduced myself to to people multiple times. Um, I was struggling when I was going to to meetings um, to try and identify who I was meeting with, but I still didn't really put things put things together and think that it was a thing. I just thought, oh, I'm just terrible with faces. And it wasn't until um, I think it might have been nine years ago. So I've only really known about it nine years. Um, I had a uh, a work colleague actually blow up deluxe at me um, for for not acknowledging her and saying hi out in public and she just thought that I was being absolutely rude and uh, and that I, I needed to, to take a good hard look at myself because you know that sort of behavior is just inappropriate so uh, luckily and luckily enough uh, my partner uh, she happened to be available right then she's like no 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 he's just really terrible with faces it's got nothing to do with you he doesn't 
you know dislike you or hate you or anything like that. He's just terrible with faces. Um, but that that really drove me to uh, to do some research. Um, and like it started off with googling um, terrible at recognizing faces, and then that popped up with um, with face blindness, and then and then prosopagnosia. And I think um, I think there was there was like an online test that I did, and um, it was it was like a, a had famous faces and they'd remove the hair and um, I failed miserably. It was it was disgraceful. I think that, I think they said that if you you know if you get less than thirty percent, you've got a you know you've got a face blindness problem. And I think I got like twelve or eighteen percent. And and in hindsight, like when I put the the faces beside each other, I was like, wow, I don't know what I was thinking because like I think one I was mixing up like. Like, because they black and whited every single photo, and I was mixing up like Mahatma Gandhi with Albert Einstein and and um, and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, so from from there, just just more and more research made me realise, oh yeah, this this is me. This is the thing. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> yeah, isn't there a great sense of relief if you could just put a name on it? Um, oh, hundred percent. 100%, especially because um, a lot of it is is being able to con- combat anger. So um, there, there have been a lot of times where people have been um, a little bit irate or, or started to get a bit annoyed that I haven't recognised them or um, you know or, or the like because because in their mind they go, hey, last time we met we had really great rapport, we had a you know great conversation, we were bouncing ideas, it was great. How can you not remember me? So. Um, the, there is that sort of, uh, sort of they, they feel insulted, uh, but now, now I can say, hey, I'm, I apologise. It's uh, it's it's not me. It's it's something up here, and it's called prosopagnosia, or let's just uh, call it what it is. I'm face blind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the severity uh, for you. I, I you know read your your article and LinkedIn, which I'm going to put in the show notes too. I actually really like the, this article that you wrote because, A, you put it out in, you know, your professional world. You know, you put it out there not just with your small group of family and friends. This is out for everybody that you might do business with uh, to see. 100%. It's short and it's actionable and it's actually quite kind at the end where you sort of turn the tables and say, if this sounds like you, reach out to me. You know, I'm happy to help if you have any questions. Um, I just thought that was fantastic in a way that's kind of the, the same motivation I have this podcast, because I know how long that, you know, I struggled feeling like there's something wrong with me, unaware that this thing even existed. And that's where most people are who have it. I'm quite mild, but you in that article actually, uh, told a few really good stories. One, uh, about actually putting your arm around women. It sounds like this happened more than once who were not your wife. Yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. I think the, the the funniest was um I think I'd actually gone to put my arm around her and I sort of looked up and I could see my wife in, in front of me, and uh, and she was sort of like kind of shaking her head, going, "No, that's that's not me, that's not me. I'm over here." Um, so yeah, like it's it's it has been embarrassing from that that perspective quite a lot. Um, look, I've I've gone to um. Uh, support my my kids playing sports, and I've I've cheered on the wrong kid. Uh, you know I've been yelling out to uh, to to my daughter, um, you know to 
to run, kick, pass, or what have you, and uh, and then then either be notified by her or or my uh, my, my wife or, or son that um, you know, she's on the sideline or <laughs> that's not her or or something like that. So um, I, generally, at the start of a game now, I've, I've I've gotten quite adept at saying what number is she wearing today. Um, you know, I, I I do find that um, you know. My son, I can I can tend to recognise him a bit 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 better, um, mainly because of just movement. I've gotten gotten extremely adept at at recognising uh, movement, and I suppose he was playing a sport that that I was uh, that I grew up quite passionate about. Uh, you know, I watched and observed. So he was playing like rugby and rag, rugby. Um, and so I, I grew up playing rugby union and loving rugby union. So I got quite adept at, at watching how people moved and ran and stepped and passed and just how they move their body. So um, you know I can I can observe a, a player across the across the field. I don't even have to see their face, but I can recognise who they are based on how they move and step and and even just how they um, offload a ball. Um, and and that's that's kind of. One, of, I suppose that that comes up comes about through, you know, prosopagnosia and 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 having to really adapt how I observe things. And I think I've just become a lot more observant for all those all those uh, other other sorts of mannerisms and and the like that uh, that help me get get by. Do you think you um, naturally developed that skill before you before nine years ago, or has that improved yeah. since? <clears throat> No, hundred percent. I think um, it's it's something that I've I've developed um, over the years because I always used to. It was always kind of funny, and the reason why I um, didn't think about face blindness or anything like that for quite some time is that even though I couldn't recognise people, I was always really good at recognising child stars on TV shows. So, um, you know, someone that was a, 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 a a child star and then they've grown up and I'd say hey that's um you know, that's Rick Schroeder from Silver Spoons or something like that I think and, we're about the same <clears> age <laughs> yeah 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 so so um and then and then I, I always used to think that was just my like my secret power um but it wasn't until um you know not all that long ago someone said you know why you can recognize them it's because when you're a child you're taking in all this information and over the years you've just got really good at transferring <clears throat> translating that and really understanding their mannerisms their idiosyncrasies their their how they gesticulate um you know their gait their you know their uh, the intonation, how they tilt their head and all those sorts of things and that doesn't change throughout their life so <clears throat> You know, you know, Rick Schroeder as an adult still has a lot of the, the, the you know, the mannerisms, etc. He had as a as a as a child. So, um, I'm able to recognise those through all that time. So, it is it is something that I think I've I've always just had and just developed more and more of over the years. And um, if anything, I think it helps me a lot in my career as well. <clears throat> How so? I think um, so. Obviously, I do a lot of interviewing of of people uh, for for various roles, and for me, my, my perspective in recruitment is that the more comfortable the candidate is with with me, the the more real they are going to be. The less canned their responses are going to be. Um, so I, I have become 
um, quite observant in the fact that I can I can see you know it might be just a, a, like a little flare of the eye or uh, flare of the nostril or like a you know like they they might go to say something and just open their mouth and then stop and then I'll be like oh did what were you going to say something you know I can delve into things or if if it looks like I can see that they're uncomfortable, I'll I'll make a joke and try and lighten the mood and and um, so I'm I'm constantly gauging how they are and and um, and then I suppose I can probably also understand so a level of truthfulness in their responses as well um, based on how they how they're acting. I think I think actually if I'd probably gone off to some sort of FBI training and 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 done all that sort of thing, I. I probably be a pretty good uh, lie detector. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently um, with a guy who was famous for that. Uh, and there was a show called Lie to Me that uh, was on TV yep. some time ago based loosely on this guy. And, and he's still alive and he did an interview recently. And it's the expression bit. You know, I think you're in micro expressions, right? And I think you're absolutely right. You know, people think face blindness, you can't see a face. That's your first knee jerk reaction, which is yeah. not true. I can, well, at least not for me. I can clearly see every feature of your face. I just won't be able to remember it tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, but that, I think our ability to capture exp micro expressions is probably higher than average because that's what we rely on. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's it's funny. I've I've had people over the years um, say to me, "Look, how how can you remember me?" And there's some people I've just gone, "I won't forget you." And they're like, "Why?" And I'm I'm like, "You are just so out there that I I couldn't possibly." And they're like, "But you can't reckon, rem remember my face." And I was like, "You walk into the room and there's like this hair toss, and then yeah. there's just like this this energy and and everything like that. There's there's that." Uh, I, I had a work colleague who was constantly introducing himself to me. He's like, "Hey, how's it going? I'm uh, I'm I'm Cam." I'm like, "Dude, you're six foot eight. <laughs> you're the." You're the tallest human being that I know. I'm not going to forget that, but thank you. <laughs> you, you know, a lot of people uh, with face blindness tend to take on careers that reduce the amount of personal interaction you got to have with other people, right? Um, I'm it's a not all. Well, it's not always the case, though, you know, like I've had a pretty wide spectrum even just here on this podcast. So, you know, I don't know, like intuitively, you would think that's true. And sometimes it is true. But you do find yourself in a, you know, a people facing career here. I'm wondering, though, like, so I've worked with a lot of uh, recruiters. Now I call them headhunters. Is that a is that a bad term in recruiting? No, absolutely okay. fine. I think if anything, I'm trying to do more and more headhunting rather than uh, post and pray. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Like posting something on LinkedIn and hoping someone contacts you interested in the position. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, po or posting an ad on a on a job board and, and and waiting for a candidate to apply. Got it. Now, I've I've probably I've got about five headhunters that I've just developed a you know a. A friendly relationship with over the years. Never met any of them in person. And prior to COVID, most people didn't use really webcams. So these are just voices to me. Uh, so yep. I know them that way. Um, in your style of recruiting, are you more likely to actually have someone come into your office? Uh, no. 
No, um, I suppose not right now because we are super, 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 super remote. Um, but we, I, I do always push for some sort of um, face-to-face, whether it be in person or whether it be over uh, a video conferencing tool, you know, Skype, Teams, Google Hangouts, Zoom, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and a lot of that is because, you know, we, we want them to be able to see who they're going to be working with because uh, it is a it is a huge decision to, to move out into the to the Red Centre. Uh, but also, you know, we get to see what they're like in person. We get to see, um, you know, how comfortable they are with the questioning and, and how confident they are in their responses based on their, on their body language and the like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always driving for some sort of face-to-face interviewing. But you have uh, a lot of control over that, right? So in in your case, then, if you do set up a face-to-face, you're the one deciding, okay, I'm meeting Jim Smith or whatever his name happens to be, right? Um, That person shows up and looks at you uh, as if they're a little worried and, you know, (laughs) about to be interviewed sort of situation. So that's clearly Jim Smith, you know? Uh, There's no... There's no problem with that. It would just be if you're if you then see Jim Smith in the market later, uh, that could be a problem. Yeah, potentially, potentially, and I've I've had that I've had that a lot as well. Where um, you know, I've I've uh, you know I've interviewed a candidate and I've 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 dealt with them throughout the entire process, and then I've hired them, and they've come out here, and then they've you know they've come up to me, and I've gone, hey, how's it going? Uh, my name's Philip, and they've gone, yeah, I've been talking to you for the last month and a half um, that, that we, reminds we me met, we met have a video chat a couple of times oh yeah <laughs> that that reminds me uh if if nothing else if you take nothing else away from this podcast it's a piece of advice that has come up before but you wrote it and i i had to chuckle in your linkedin article um what should you say to people and what should you not say to people <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I know I was always walking up saying, "Hi, my name's Philip. Nice to meet you," and it was always biting me, biting me in, in the rear end. And uh, it wasn't until it wasn't until last year that a, a colleague of mine said, "Just change the word. Don't say meet, say see." So it is, "Hi, my name's Philip." Oh no, it's, it's hi. Nice to see you. I said hi. Nice to meet you. And that way, you are right every single time, <laughs> um, whether it's seeing them for the first time or seeing them again. You are right. So yeah, I've I've added that to my repertoire of greetings. Practice it with me, everyone. Nice to see you. Say that over and over again. You gotta you gotta get that meat out of your vocabulary. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I always I always find that um, you know I often organise meetings with uh, with people. And it might be at a coffee shop, and I don't know how many times I've gone into a, a coffee shop and I know that I'm meeting someone. I'm like, oh goodness, I don't know what they look like. It's almost like I should have reached out and said, hey, wear a pink carnation, um, but. I, I always go with the mindset of they'll recognize me. Um, so I look around for someone to, you know, lift their eyes and go, oh, there he is, sort of thing. And I go, great, that's my person. So I walk over. But there's been a number of times where I've done that and I've gone over to the person that just recognized me and that's not the person I'm supposed to be meeting right then. It's someone else that knows me and they've recognized me. So, yeah, that's been been interesting as well. All right. Uh, so Jack of all trades, master of many. Um, I, I feel like just the little bit that I've read about you um, from your blog, 
uh, it makes me think that uh, we have we both have this penchant for jumping in way too deep into new things. Um, so you have a blog called Dad Improvement. Uh, yeah, great. And I'm going to put a link to this in in the show notes. Uh, w- one thing is you're surprisingly prolific. I-, I don't know many people that blog anymore, actually. So it's really cool that you're continuing that. But it's December. What is it? Well, for me, it's December 12th. It's the 13th for you now, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's the 12th of December and for December, I think you already have six or eight articles already posted. Um, so I suppose there's going to be some more and yeah, the I first, tend to keep myself busy. The, the first one I noted is, um, unusual hobbies to try, uh, when you're definitely not having a midlife crisis and you list things, uh, ballroom dancing, wild swimming, aerobatic flying like actually flying the plane yourself and barbecuing so just in that one post there's like four things that you've gotten into i suppose oh, right I, if- I haven't actually gone into them I, I i'm sort of keen to um some some of that purely because uh you know i, I i'd like to uh to overcome uh, some fears and stuff like that the uh the ballroom dancing i have given a, a, a you know a bit of a go to um doing uh latin latin dancing which was which was quite fun but uh yeah to try to mix it up well here's the ti- just I, I wanted to list off some of these titles too so the others that i see in december is uh why winter is the perfect time to start exercising your post-pandemic business survival guide time in times in life that you may need a lawyer how to upgrade your home security in 2021. And then the last one was, are you feeding your dog possum food? That's a dad joke, I think. Right. But, um, um, so, so you could, you know, I, I kind of get right. Like you have an interest in lots and lots of different areas. That's just from December. And every month is between, you know, three and nine articles. It looks like, um, you didn't write about face blindness in there. At least I, I tried the search button. You haven't posted no, anything on I, that. I haven't put it on my dad improvement, uh, which is which is kind of funny. I'd always um, I, I wrote it for for LinkedIn um, and haven't. I, I I never got around to transferring it over to my dad improvement. That's a good call out. I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, but yes, I I am. I'm ridiculously open to topics. Uh, like I, I always find, um, I, I love talking to people who have a passionate about uh, have a passion about a subject, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, geology, whether it be peplum hem, uh, you know, in 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 the outfit, whether it be a particular obscure sport, whether it be, um, you know being bilingual or, or polylingual or something like that so uh, or, or even just talking about their hometown on, on the other side of the world I love listening to people that are talking about their, their subject that they're passionate about and I just soak it all in like a sponge and then um, oh, it tends to make me quite quite good in, in pub trivia if need be but um, yeah I, I think um, I, I mentioned to you, to you earlier how you know, I could be reading a book. Uh, I'll be reading a, a historical fiction book, and I'll come across a term that I don't know, and I will Google it, and all of a sudden I'm falling down a, a rabbit hole of, of research, and you know, or, or 
suddenly it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm reading about you know, trebuchets and, and medieval France and uh, and the like. So I yeah I love learning. Um, I love developing my knowledge and I like um, I suppose sharing as much as I can of that as well. Before we get off of this one, because uh, I got a, another question about the origin of your your blog, but the wild swimming bit is you know swimming in natural lakes and rivers. Um, I, I wonder if you've uh, gotten into doing that in the freezing cold. Like, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Wim Hof. Yeah, Wim, Wim Hof. Yeah. Um, no, I've I haven't, and uh, I think the coldest the coldest I've ever uh, um, swum in is uh, you know some sort of some um, rivers and, and streams in New Zealand, uh, but no, nothing nothing to the Arctic extremes that uh, Wim Hof um, dabbles in. Do you, do you get that in Australia ever? Like, is there a winter time frame where it would be cold enough to do that? Uh, probably not. I remember uh, winter this year in in Brisbane was uh, it was there was a couple of weeks of cold cold. Yeah, that might yeah. be about it. Um, but I think I think it can get quite chilly down in Tasmania um, and in the in the Blue Mountains and in New South Wales it can get quite cold uh, in terms of like ice and snow and the like. Out here, out here in in the in the evening in, um, in winter it can drop below zero, which is which is kind of kind of funny because we can have extremes of up to you know forty six degrees Celsius um, and you know below zero at night well i live in boston near you know in the northeast of the u.s so uh it gets plenty cold here um and that's my next rabbit hole so uh i did tell my wife i wanted wim hof's uh course for christmas so uh i'm gonna jump in with both feet and you'll you'll see me out in the actually in the ocean in in the cold oh, water wow. uh this wow. winter yeah yeah I've seen I've seen a lot of his um his work around um, breathing and and cold breathing and the like, which I've got some friends that are dabbling into at the moment around around fitness and health and um and doing sort of um, ice bath therapies and, and 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 breathing relating to those. So yeah, it's quite interesting. But yeah, oh, actually, that's like right. That. You you need a all you need is a, a giant a bucket big enough to fit your body in and a bunch of ice water, and and you can do this. So yeah. speaking of, uh, it appeared to me that you're, I mean, you've been doing this blog since 2015 or 16, so somewhere in that range. Yep. And, yeah, 2015, um, late 2015, I think I started. And it seemed to me that it was a fitness related. You wanted to, you know, put yourself out there publicly, maybe have a little bit of accountability <laughs> since you are public about it, maybe yep. inspire others as well. But you also specifically said that you'd been dealing with um, depression and anxiety. Yeah, uh, correct. And so part of this was, you know, y- your journey to try different things to address that, right? Yeah, correct. And, and part of the, the writing was almost, a, a, um, I suppose, a form of catharsis. Uh, I, I do find that writing, you know, cheers me up. Um, more often than not, because I do write some ridiculous things. Uh, but you know, I, I do. I did start it initially as 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 um as as a way to help address my my depression and anxiety. But mainly to to put it out there. Uh, I like to be a bit of a poster child uh, in that arena amongst my my network, so that uh, you know, if I can just help one person to address their situation, then 
I feel that my job is my job is done. Um, but yeah, from there it, it did evolve into you know me just trying to experience and learn as much as I can and 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 share that and 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 the, you know the journey uh, related to it with everyone. I've, I've you know dealt with a fair amount of that those two myself those two demons mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and um, it's interesting. I don't think I can attribute a hundred percent of that. Uh, to being face blind my whole life. Although I I think it's in the mix, you know, I think especially before I knew that it existed, you put a ton of pressure or I put a ton of pressure on myself. Uh, Just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm bad. I'm either a bad person because, you know, I don't think enough of other humans to remember them or uh, there's something wrong with my brain and that's depressing um, you know, I keep making these mistakes that's depressing. And then you get anxious when you go into any social situation. So that was, you know, before I had heard of it in my forties, uh, you know, that was just, you know, floating around with no name. And I think added to depression and anxiety. Uh, how about you? Do you think they're related? Look, I think, um, probably, probably the depression, no, because uh, most of the time I, I, you know, I get sort of you know, the, the blues, as it were, and I can't explain. There's no reason behind it, no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Uh, in terms of anxiety, yeah, there, there have been a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this because of because of that type thing. And, and, and there are many times it has related to, you know, to me being face blind. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to know anyone there. And if I do know anyone there, I'm not going to recognize them. Um but generally, that you know, sort of do overcome a lot of that because I am uh, a crazy, crazy extrovert and and love attention. So, I've I have so I think I actually thought about this the other day, and I thought that um, um, some of my some of my crazy extroversion might actually come about from if I have everyone paying attention to me, then I don't have to do so much in terms of recognizing them. Um, so, like, if attention's on me, then I don't have to pay attention to others. So, the the whole face blindness thing doesn't become a an issue so much. You know, I, what? Know I think you're I think you're totally yeah. right on that. Now, so I'm if you look at the Myers Briggs test, you know the Myers Briggs uh, personality test. Yep. So, yep. I'm pretty clearly an introvert. Nobody believes me when I say that that I work with because somehow I. In, you know, went from engineer to sales guy. So I'm just, you know, all I do is talk all day with other humans, right? Um, and so, you know, you, you wouldn't guess it by looking at me, but I think you're right. Like, uh, if I think about the thing that terrifies most people, which is, you know, public speaking, I, I did have a hard time with public speaking when I was uh, just starting my career. Um, actually, I took, uh, I did some Toastmasters uh, courses that I don't know if you have that in Australia. It is worldwide. Yeah. So I took, I did Toastmasters for a couple of years and that cured me. Um, but then after that, you know, once I moved into sales, I realized that, you know, some of the most comfortable places for me are on a stage with, you know, an audience. I mean, does that have to be thousands of people, maybe 30 people, right? Because, you know, I'm sort of conveying something that I know, all, you know, like sort of teaching to a large group and I make eye contact with every single person, but there is no expectation that I, you know, and yes. remembering them in the moment. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. And yeah, I I understand that completely. Um, I always grew up thinking that um, public public speaking was supposed to be really really difficult. Um, I did 
speeches in high school and uh, made made it into a speech finals and tripped over on stage. And it wasn't just a trip and a stumble, it was a trip, fall flat on my face and slide across the stage sort of thing. And that was in front of the entire school. Um, so I, I look back and think it can't get any worse than that. So now I, I'm, I'm like, bring it um give me give me every opportunity i'll stand up in front of everyone and talk but you're you're right there is that that uh, the fact that you know you, you're standing up in front of people there's no expectation of that that you have to remember them whereas uh, a one-on-one interaction uh it, it could go absolutely swimmingly and you know the rapport could be brilliant but there is that that sort of unspoken um expectation that that you'll remember them I want to end with the thing that that allowed me to find you. This LinkedIn post, uh, again, I was really impressed. I mean, first of all, it's short. You know, I mean, there's a you know, there's an old quote that I love from Mark Twain. If I'd had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter, right? Uh, so I really appreciate writing that is short and convey and conveys a lot. Um, so you did a great job with that, but. I've noticed with uh, some people from this podcast, uh, they really haven't spoken uh, publicly about face blindness, um, and they've actually taken the link to uh, their interview with me and posted it on Facebook, and uh, so that's to their community of closer family mm. and friends for the most part, right? But this is like they're coming yeah. out, right? And they've and wow. if you read some of the the comments that people make on there, it's really uh, you know, it just makes you feel great. You know, like people are understanding. They're like, wow, I had no idea. Or some people might say, well, that explains a few things. Right. Um, and, but, but again, I've not seen anyone do this in an Uber public fashion, like on LinkedIn. Um, I'm curious what the response to that was, uh, and, and the motivation, like, was it to get it off your chest? Yeah. Um, it, it kind of was. Um, I think I I had just had a, a meeting with someone, and um, and they had said that uh, um, I, I just introduced myself, and um, they they mentioned that that um, they rode in the lift with me yesterday, and um, hadn't said anything. I I had met them years ago, as well, and um, that that made me think, oh. Wow, another one, sort of thing. So um, that prompted me to write it, and initially, initially it was um, because I didn't explain it in the meeting at the time. I didn't say, "Hey, this is this is the go." Um, initially, it started off as almost an apology letter to him, and um, and then that sort of I expanded on that. I kind of deleted what I had written and turned it into a uh, you know a, a public address, as it were, to. To pretty much throw it out to my network, because I didn't want to be that guy that um, because I am you know fairly fairly outgoing and confident and and when we are having meetings with people I am the sort of the person that you know gets a little bit wild and throws their hands around etc. Um, and so people people are often quite comfortable with me, and the fact that I'm not remembering them I think is probably um, quite upsetting. So. 
that was that was my main reason for for putting it together. Initially started off as a as a you know apology to to one person, and it almost became a uh, an apology to to many people as well as an explanation to those who I meet moving forward. So yeah, I think it, it covered off on a, a lot of areas all in all in one little go. But plus. Uh is an apology to that one person it probably works better has a lot more clout and believability if you're just putting it out there for everybody and not just an excuse for that yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and i did i did get um i did get a, a lot of uh comments on the article itself but i also got a lot of people to send me emails saying wow just wow I, I can't believe you've 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 had to deal with this uh through your life and um you know if there's anything i can do to help you remember me or, or make it make you more comfortable when we have our next meeting um i'm i'm all ears sort of thing so um i did i did joke that i was going to make uh, i was going to make that person wear a certain hat i was going to make that person wear a you know a pink carnation i was going to make that person greet me with their hands up in the air or you know so um yeah i always try to look at the humorous side of things as well but yeah i think like i said my, my main reason for putting it out there was initially as an apology to one a wider apology to many and a notification or, or uh, an education to to those I will meet in the future. Yeah, I generally um, recommend to people to think about doing something like that. I'm usually thinking more Facebook, but LinkedIn's pretty <laughs> interesting. Um, but but I but I mean, just the idea of, you know, putting something formal out there, uh, I think it takes weight off of your shoulders, I think in the very short, so, so, but this is the, the, the flip of that coin. I, I don't think it's a panacea. So like if you do that, um, I don't personally expect anyone to, you know, remember to come up and, you know, the first thing they think about Jeff Waters is, oh, he's that face blind guy. I better reintroduce myself. I sort of figure most people um, aren't that worried about Jeff Waters most of the time. So, you know, I can't expect them to remember it even um, top of mind. We got so many other things we're talking about together. Right. So um, I, I see it as more, you know, it's 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 less actionable. It might be in the first you know week after you post something like that for the people who read it. But it's more about just sort of taking that pressure off of your own shoulders. That's my opinion. No, no, no. I, I see where you're coming from, and and I agree wholeheartedly. At least it is sort of putting it out there. But I, I have found there have been you know a lot of people that I I do regularly meet with, and um and they've kind of gone, you know, like um I think there was a there's 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 a lady that I've I've worked with. She's an external recruiter, absolutely brilliant at her job. And um you know any time I go to their office, it's like like she'll come and catch up. She's like, hey Philip Shelby, um you no, know, so she's she's quite happy to uh you know to highlight who she is. Doesn't mind um because she knows that um this is just a thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Philip. I've really enjoyed the conversation here. Uh, I can't wait till COVID's gone because I'm definitely coming out of Australia now. I got to eat some sausage and I got to go eat outside with full view of Uluru. Did I say that right? Uluru, yeah. yes. Uluru, Uluru, yeah. Yep. Uh, sounds great. Um, and I'll post uh, links to the original LinkedIn article if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's I think it's a great model. You know, again, you don't want to bury people and, you know, tons and tons of information on this. Um, so I think this is a pretty good model to use if you want to do that yourself. Um, dadimprovement.com is the blog. Um, 
Yeah, I'm 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 an, I'm kind of a nerd, so I have an RSS reader. So you're going in there. Um, and is there anything else you'd like people to know about you? Um, I have another blog. <laughs> oh, I missed one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Phil's five cents. I write reviews, but they're generally like, like if you ever want to laugh, if you're ever feeling down, real read uh, read Phil's five cents reviews. Um, a lot of them are are on like uh, you know restaurants and stuff in in Brisbane and and Australia or activities in Australia. But um, look, I've been told that um, that they're hilarious. So uh, if you are ever feeling down, have a read of Phil Phil's five cents dot com. Excellent. All right. Hey, thanks, Philip. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. For more info on this episode or prosopagnosia in general, visit faceblindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.